Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. episode of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every week, twice a week, wherever you get your podcasts, plus also as well, Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Hey, we got the games coming down as far as the NFL playoffs. They're all done. A lot of surprises there. We'll talk about that, plus what's coming up for you on NFL Playoff Weekend, right there for you later this week at Inside Sports fantasy football coming up as well also got to go ahead and check out what we're doing at lakerholics.com the guys laker tom and jamie sweet give them a big shout out you know they're happy that the lakers have won so go ahead and check them out today at lakerholics.com plus also of course go ahead and check out joe soro as ox1947 at lakersball.com plus joe soro will be on for a nightcap our first episode of Lakers Nightcap with Joe Soro. Go ahead and check out his debut episode tonight at 11 p.m. Right here for you on the Lakers Fast Break. Plus also as well, Daniel Barry Sports Highlights. Please go ahead and support him. Lakers and 5, Empire Jeff TV. Of course, also as well, Lakers Corner, Larry Lakers Dribbling Chit Chat, and the John McCainlian Channel. Please support all those great channels today. And speaking of supporting a great channel, we are almost at 1,300 subscribers. Almost. Just a few more. And you can help us out if you're not subscribed already by subscribing today to get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air or follow us wherever you're Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, Kick, doesn't matter. Trovo, go ahead and support us today. The Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Well, the Lakers, we were here earlier talking with Braxton. And, you know, as far as the OKC expert that he is, talking about all the things that are going right in the world of OKC Thunder as they head in tonight for a Martin Luther King Day matchup against the Los Angeles Lakers in the crypt. And he was talking about everything that was going right for them and everything that wasn't going right for the Lakers. And with all that said and done, the Lakers coming into tonight on the outside looking in as far as the playoff picture is as of that time coming into today's game. So they needed to go ahead and have a victory. They knew that the Golden State Warriors were suffering even more than they did having a inexplicable loss against Memphis. So they needed to go ahead and do something to get back into the playoff chase and get back over the Houston Rockets in the Western Conference. And they did just that. They stayed close with, despite some spurts in the second quarter by the Oklahoma City Thunder. They did lead at the end of the first quarter. They did go ahead and stay strong. And they were tied heading into halftime. But it was that really good clutch play at the beginning of the fourth quarter that really helped them stand out. Some uh, good decisions that were made. And they did not... No matter how much they tried to, they did not fold in the fourth quarter. They, the, the had double-digit lead that they had whittled away to five, but they could get no closer. The Thunder could as the Lakers 
with a very, very spirited performance tonight, beat the Oklahoma City Thunder with defense and transition. 21 fast break points tonight, and they held held the Oklahoma City Thunder to only 11 free throws, especially a team that with SGA thrives at the free throw line. And here today to talk about the great performances from AD with 27 points, LeBron James, 12 of 20 for 25 points, and some help from D'Angelo Russell, Austin Reeves, Rui Hashimura, and Christian Wood. is a good man indeed. you got to go ahead and check him out anytime he's here. He's been a great part of our coverage all day long. He's the madman from Toronto. He did get out of Toronto traffic to watch the Lakers win and beat the Oklahoma City Thunder. It is the magic man, Sean Grice. And Sean, great to have you here, my friend. Also coming up here is John coming up here in Lakers Corner. But magic man, you first, first man up, first man here. Your thoughts as you watch the game, as I got distracted for, uh, you know, and if you heard on playback, you know why I got distracted, and I'll just leave it at that. It may come up. It's not a big deal, so it may come up. Uh, it's a big deal for my neighbor, and I'll just leave it at that. But when it comes right down to it, uh, the Lakers, with that spurt in late in the third quarter and early in the fourth, distanced themselves, got a big enough buffer, and just enough held them off just long enough to go ahead and get the victory. But the key for me was spirited defense, active on that end, Still got to work on that rebounding because it looked tough at times, but the defense was there. Mm -hmm. And the fact is they got out in transition, something I have talked about continuously, defense and transition. And that's what got the job done tonight against the Oklahoma City Thunder Magic Man. Gerald, it was an old throwback from 2022, 2023 tonight. Um, what do you know? Uh, eat at will in the fast break. And you know, don't play over aggressive. You know, I, I really like the conservative approach, especially with uh, SGA coming in with a bit of a gimpy knee. Um, love the strategy of either make them make them make a choice. You drive or you kick because you're not doing both tonight. And they limited his effectiveness, Gerald. And obviously, SGA's hurt a little bit, but regardless. You took the ball out of his hands and you made Jay, Jay Lynn Williams try and beat you tonight. Um, so, again, I'm with you. You know, you only gave up 11 free throws. You only committed 12 fouls. That's a one-to-one -one ratio. That's really, really good defense. Yeah, you um, kept you kept SGA to only five free throws. Free throws. That's, that's a big key. That's huge, big. Gerald. Yes. You get to the line, I think, average of 12. 13 mm -hmm. times a game. And uh, I'm glad I'm glad they actually went with a with a, a different approach, especially with uh SGA drilled. They brought traps and double teams and they tried to mix up where, when, and who was doing them. Uh Delo did a great job as a help defender tonight, Gerald. Uh we have to give kudos to Delo tonight. Um yes. 39 points last game, but this game he was very, very focused on being a very good help defender. Uh, had multiple deflections, um, you know, a couple ticky tack fouls. But again, what what are we going to do? These these refs are very excitable. Don't, don't get me like, started on the refs. Yeah, yeah, I think they they call fouls on my grandmother if she was out there. Um, exactly. Yeah. Especially if she was wearing a, a Lakers jersey, Magic Man. But yeah. Yeah, absolutely, Gerald. Uh, the the intro was spot on. I loved I loved the defensive effort. Again, um, you're right. We need to crowd rebound. We need to crowd rebound uh, at a better better energy level. Uh, other than that, I thought we played it played a pretty good game, Gerald. Um, you know, I look. I don't like the fact that we're giving up wide open threes, um, but this is the approach. Darvin Ham wants it's it's his team and they're going to play the defensive scheme that he wants but AD was solid tonight as well defensively drilled at, at times OKC tried to pull him out especially with Chet uh, above the break uh, but there were adjustments made Christian Wood boxed out tonight really really well Christian Wood kudos to him I thought this was his best game as a Laker on both ends um, 
got a solid game from LeBron. Uh, overall, it was just, you know, we were te- teeth gnashing and white knuckling it in that fourth quarter drill when the lead was, you know, 13 and then down to six, we were all like, cause you know, the conf- had no confidence, no, yeah. the confidence Aussie level is best. the confidence level is in the, in the toilet. As far as, you know, close, closing out a great team. That being said, they got the job done. And uh, a victory is a victory. We said it on the on the pregame. I don't care if they win by forty or by a point, as long as they win tonight. And they got the Q the QC win. This is a QC win drilled to quote twenty one Savage. Once again, the Lakers win one twelve to one hundred five. The Lakers are now twenty and twenty one on the season. They are now in tenth place in the Western Conference. They hop over Houston in the standings, so they are. By the smallest of margins, they're actually tied in games back, but they've got a better record by just about a little percentage point or two ahead of Houston Rockets. But also here today is a good man, Deed. you got to go ahead and check him out at Clutch Talk, but also as well, Lakers Corner. It is the guy who works just as hard as anyone out there on his channel, providing you highlights, providing you shorts, providing you interviews at Lakers Corner. It is John Costa. And John, great to have you back, my friend. Always good to hear your thoughts on this. As president of the D'Lo Fan Club, you will be pleased with his performance the past couple of games. He just looks like he is angry. He has looked like he's making a statement against Darvin Ham. He is looking like he is very uh, at peace with, with whatever Darvin's going to dish at him because it looks like he's playing for a new contract and he's playing like he doesn't want to be on the Lakers too much longer. Man, you know That's what? just my observations, and I could be wrong, <laughs> but it does look like he was pissed off these past couple games. Yeah, and and I think a, a, lot of, a lot of these Lakers role players, you know, ever since uh, the beginning of December and as we get close to this February trade deadline, They've been feeling the heat, you know. They've been feeling the heat all all over media. People are talking about, oh, what's the, what's Le GM gonna do? We know LeBron James is notorious for pulling off, um, just you know, pu- pulling the strings and making something happen to where we have he has a team that contends, especially at the age of thirty nine. Um, so you know, these role players got to be feeling the heat. And one thing that I like, I always thought that was super weird was how NBA players and like they talk about it all the time like on, on podcasts is how they say that when they when they feel that pressure when when they're going into the in the um, the gym for the, you know the, the the practice facility and the, and the games not knowing whether they're gonna be on the team or not it says it messes them up I you know I guess I could understand how that could mess up your confidence but me personally if I if I was knowing like hey I might get fired I, I I'm gonna go harder at my job like okay well I can't lose this job uh let me go harder and let me show you why you're not you, you shouldn't fire me and that's exactly what I think D'Lo did today um just uh as one of the biggest supporters of D'Lo you know and, and the D'Lo fan base uh club I got to say that today was one of them games that, you know, I talk about Dilo's playmaking ability. Tonight he ended the game with 14, 14 uh, points and six assists. And the we know he had that beautiful entry pass to AD on the pick and roll that for, the, for that body bag that AD caught on Chet. And he had so many other um, passes. And sometimes in, in basketball, you know, he doesn't get the eight assists, but I mean, he doesn't get the assists, but it's the hockey assists. And, he and him's his play, his just one extra pass, passing up a good shot for an even better shot, um, was huge. And I think when when D'Lo does that, it allows LeBron to play off ball. And I, I've talked to, I've I've talked about this another time. I've talked about how um, a lot of times I talk about how when we have D'Lo on ball, it allows for LeBron to be able to run the lanes, be able to run downhill, and not have to have that point guard responsibilities. And I think that that's so important for us tonight. And I feel like we saw that uh, with D'Lo's great playmaking. Uh, shout out, I mean, but, sh- sh- you know, shout out our whole team a- a- as a whole, though. You know, I feel like uh, a theme of this season has been, we've we're, there's been LeBron, there's been Anthony Davis, and where's the, you know, wh- where's the rest of the squad? But tonight, Christian Wood off the bench with 11, Rui off the bench with uh, uh, with 12. Uh, Torian Prince, I'm, I, <laughs> it, was, it was one of them tough games for him, only three points on one of five from the three-point line. Uh, but really everybody else that got big minutes besides him and Max and 
Max Christie gave us something, whether it's defensively or offensively. So yeah, don't get me know, started on Max Christie again. Yeah, there you go. A win, a win's a win. Uh, yes. You know, a win is a win, and um, especially at this point, at this point, we'll take anything. So I'm happy and happy to be here. Yes, and happy to have you here as well. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. Uh, So you had watched The Tomorrow War before The Matrix. Yes. If you forced me down, I was tied into a chair, and I had to watch one thing, I would say The Matrix Resurrections really funny yeah because of all the cut scenes i could remember what a good movie was like (laughs) (laughs) well played sir well played yes that's the only reason for the flashbacks to remind you what a good matrix movie was that's the pop culture cosmo show and the pcc multiverse catch our shows on worldwide radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts once again, it is the Lakers Fast Break. It is John Costa from Lakers Corner, Magic Man Sean Grice, and me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching this and truly appreciate it. It is the Lakers winning 112 to 105. Again, they are 2021 back in the playoff chase in 10th position in the Western Conference. Magic, again, when it comes down to it, I think the defense in most of their victories has been the key component in all of this. And I said also as well that this team thrives when it gets those steals when it gets those turnovers when it gets out in the fast break that is imperative for this team to do because it is so hard for them magic man to manufacture easy points because they don't move in as far as in the offense very few times do they have movement in the offense very few times do they go ahead and create good shots for themselves in their half court offense so you have to find other ways to get the ball in the basket And transition for them is imperative, especially with LeBron James. I know that at times, as you point out, he looks like Russell Westbrook going to the hoop. But still, 6'9", 280, him getting out there. He made a lot of good choices tonight and also a lot of good shots at the basket as well. Yeah, 100% drilled. And and just for the record, like Russell wasn't the first guy to ever turn – in his mid thirties and start missing about 40% of his shots at the rim. So I, you know, I'm not using him as an example for everybody else. It just so happens that, you know, he was the obvious guy who like going to the rim was not his bag in his mid thirties. So uh, it's no disrespect to Russ. I just call it the Russell Westbrook syndrome because that's what it is when you get older. You're not going to make the the same uh, uh, rate of, of throws. But again, Gerald, he, they played a controlled game. That's kind of what I liked. And for the record, Cam Reddish not playing tonight. Um, it didn't feel like the offense got stuck in mud. And when it did... Either D'Lo or LeBron put the car in reverse and got us out. So it, it wasn't a lot of playing three on five uh, offensively tonight, and you know it was reflective in the in the effort. I, I'll also say this: you know we made sixteen of our eighteen free throws drilled, so there was a a, a conscious effort just to a focus, focus yes. at the free throw line. Focused defensively. Dilo went hard on those doubles with SGA. Reeves went hard when he was asked to. I mean, my goodness, Torian, Torian Prince is uh, kind of our uh, our mule that we kick around sometimes, right? But even in a even in a game where he wasn't shooting well and he wasn't putting the ball in the hole, he still found a way to be somewhat effective. So uh, it, overall, I, I just feel better about the team's effort tonight. Now, you know, it's about game to game with us, right? So I'm hoping they they put together better, better efforts. But this was a QC win. Um, You know, Oklahoma City was was coming in here with a lot of confidence. And the Lakers were able to have that that just veteran poise down the stretch, Um, even, even with respect to... You know, the, some of the uh, adjustments that uh, Dagnall made, 
I mean, credit Darvinay, and we came back and he made his own adjustments. Um, I was worried that uh, in the fourth quarter, SGA would just take it upon himself to just keep driving. And like you said, Gerald, just slow the game down to a snail's pace. And as long as there's, you know, five or six minutes left in a game and OKC is down 14, 15, they think they can win because SGA is, I mean, all due respect to Luka Doncic now, Gerald, like SGA is the best driving kick player in the NBA. There's just, I don't think you can make a debate about it anymore. And the Lakers, Anthony Davis, especially D'Lo were able to limit his driving kick by bringing those hard doubles or making him make a quick choice. That's what I loved. They got the ball out of his hands really fast. They didn't allow him to see the floor. The thing is though, Chetty, I I just want to say, I don't want to get too hard on Bronny right now. He's just a kid. Just get back into the rhythm of things after what happened. The fact that he's on the floor doing anything should be a godsend. Uh, Yeah. He, he started his first starting game. The other day, 0 for 7, he looked terrible. He's not ready for the NBA. Anybody who thinks he's ready for the NBA is, is kidding themselves. He needs at least one, two, maybe even a full four years of college right now at this rate because he is just starting out in college and he's just starting to get used to it. So we'll see. The USC has just not looked good all season in any way, shape, or form. And now they've got injuries and illness. So yeah. Uh, I don't want to be too hard on Bronny at this point in time, but he's just not anywhere near uh, eligible for the NBA at this point in time. It would not be in his best interest at this point. Uh, and time. Gerald, uh, quite honestly, um, if you have... I don't want to be have... too rough on the kid because, man, my God, I'm just thankful that he's back on the court. Yeah, and I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sure you were going to go to John. Johnny, I'll, I'll, just, I'll be just a sec. If you can pick up like a pretty decent point guard for the bench unit, Gerald, I think he can get more out of them because Christian Wood played really well tonight. Yes. 11-7, three blocks, boxed out very well. If you have Rui and you have Christian Wood and you also add in Vanderbilt in here, if you added a point, a half-decent point guard into that mix, they could be a very potent bench mob. That So I, I realize we, we've got a myriad, a myriad of issues, you had a point guard to that bench. I think it helps out a lot. Once again, the Lakers do win 112 to 105. John, I bring it back to you, my friend. When it comes right down to it, and OKC did have a share of open shots in the offense still. It's a make or miss league. Uh, somehow we caught them one of the best shooting teams in the NBA on an off day, which is great for us. Uh, we did contest more threes, but still, there were several times where Magic Man called it on our simulcast, open three, wide open three, wide open three. All I will tell you, my friend, is I'm glad it's a make or miss league in this case because the Oklahoma City uh, Thunder did have a bad day. But when they tried to take the ball inside, it was hard for them to go ahead and do so because of AD and the perimeter defense really honing down on SGA today. They really did a good job of defending SGA and limiting him to what he can and cannot do in this game today. Yeah, I honestly loved how the uh, how, how the Lakers did that, and and that's something I feel like the Lakers struggle with at times. I feel like the Lakers don't always play to to their advantages, right? And I, and what I think about when I say this is, um, we often see that sometimes the Lakers shoot like 30, uh, 30 plus three pointers in a game when we know that we're not a three point shooting team. Or sometimes on defense, we'll just have some lack, uh, piss poor defense, and then uh, just kind of you know not. It, it looks like we're not even reading the scouting report at times. But tonight we did. Tonight we did. Um, you, Sean, earlier you talked about how SGA uh, he, he's taking that leap over Luca as far as uh, you know creating points off 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 driving kicks. As a matter of fact, you know, numbers even back that up because right now he's leading the league in points created off driving kicks and in drives to the hoop. So your eyes, your your eyes tell the truth, my brother, because numbers back that uh, back that up. So uh, the Lakers understood that this game and with Anthony Davis, who, in my opinion, every single year is a defensive player of the year candidate. It just depends on if he's going to play enough games or not. And they 
pack the paint. They were able to block that off, and and like we said, allowed them to uh, allowed them to uh, well, really force them to shoot three pointers because they're more of a more of a three point shooting team. Now the thing that is tough is because like where does that line draw? Where it's like, well, you know, I I I don't want to let you come inside, come in the paint and drive in because that's your specialty. But at what point do I have to get out there and get up a hand on a shooter? Because the Lakers also the defense we give up most three pointers in the league right now. So that's another that, that that's another struggle that we have. So in this game, it was tough because you know we had to walk that thin line of not allowing the Thunder to do what their specialty is, but yet, you know, still be able to get out there. I think a big thing that would have changed uh, their, you know, this three-point difference that there was is if we would have got some damn offensive rebounds. Like, man, like they I, – I counted, no joke, guys. I think I counted about, like, ten points that they got all off just second-chance offensive rebounds. And I'm talking, like, second, third-chance offensive rebounds. I counted three different possessions on my own while watching the game here at home when where the Thunder got three offensive pose- offensive rebounds in one possession, like that is insane, guys. So I think you know, I think that would have made a, a a big change. And then, um, well, Ben, Sean- conversely though, the Lakers dominated on the fast break and transition side. So once they were able to get the rebound or a steal or a turnover, they did take it to their advantage. Absolutely, and we, we got to take advantage of that, and that's what. And I think that and that's one of the biggest reasons, and us really swinging the ball. Um, that's what that's what really got us. Uh, that's really helped us get this win. But real quick, Sean, I I got a quick question for you because um, you know you were talking about how that backup point guard uh, would be great for us, and I agree. I think you know the need for a backup point guard is so essential, but also the need for you know a secondary big. So what I want to you know fl- flip the question to you is like. What to you is the number one most important thing to you? Like, do you think it'd be that backup point guard, or do you think it'd be that that you know that secondary big to be able to be there with AD? That's a great question, John. Uh, give given those two options, I'd probably go with the big brother. I'd probably go with the big. I'm thinking along the same lines as you. I think that's a little bit more important now. Um, like, I, and you know, I I wasn't even thinking about it at the time, but uh, you know. When I said half decent, that's that's probably what why I was thinking that because yeah, I I would much rather you you resource allocate for that big beside AD and then secondarily if you could grab that that point guard. Great question, John. Okay, okay, I like that, Gerald. Is that you, you feel, feel similar? Or how do you how do you feel about that? What you feel? What you feel like it's our most important need right now? It's a great question. And today, and I was going to mention this as my next question to Sean, what day is it today besides, obviously, the great Martin Luther King Jr. Day that we celebrate for him and his greatness and what he did for us? It's uh, You could trade Rui Hashimura Day. Yes, it is it is You could trade Rui Hashimura Day. But yes, the 15th also is for several players to go ahead and be able to uh, be eligible for trade. And that's obviously something that we have to consider. But to be honest with you, yeah, uh, we do need another ball handler, uh, shooting, uh, also as well, uh, you know, uh, some sort of, uh, some type of size or rim protector. I mean, we threw various names out there on the pregame with Braxton Reynolds. So we were talking about a whole bunch of players. I, I guess right now what I'm trying to say is that the Lakers probably just getting one player is not going to be the answer, whether it's a, whether it's a point guard ball handler, whether it's a backup big, whether it's something like that, they need more than just one player to fix this puzzle, to put it together a lot better. They need two way players that can do more for you on both ends of the court consistently. So we can get more games like this going forward, John, it's probably the best way I could say it's just, it's not just one piece. It's, two or three pieces that are needed before we need to go ahead and be able to make that climb once again, in the same way that we did last year. I like that. I like that. Uh, Gerald, but before we head into the next segment, I had to do a double take on this, uh, this stat I'm about to pull up and I think everybody's going to have to do the same thing. So just pull it up here. You got it, man. What's up? Yep. 
There you got go. it up? Got it right now. Okay. So, amazingly, here's here's the rub, Gerald. So, the Lakers had seven losses in eight games from December 18th to January 5th. Over that stretch, Cam Reddish logged 211 minutes. That's 26 minutes per game. And shot 32% for 46 total points in eight games. Conversely, opponents shot 52.6% on field goals defended by Reddish in that time span drilled. In that same time span, opponents are shooting 49.6% on field goals defended by Austin Reeves. So we've talked about this before, Gerald. The There's an illusion that because he's been picked on a lot, that Austin Reeves is one of the worst defenders in the NBA. And that's just simply not true. Simply not true. It's the voluminous, absurd volume of his uh, being attacked that is at a peak level. Not the fact that teams really take advantage of him. Cam Reddish hit the wall, man. He's hit that wall. It is what it is, you know? He was a he was a minimum guy coming in, and for the first I'd say twenty six twenty seven games drilled, he put he played really above water. He played above his head, but this is the Cam Reddish that uh, you're used to in the NBA, and the fact that teams are taking advantage of Reddish defensively more so than Reeves speaks to volumes about where we are right now because tonight. Reddish was unavailable. They could OKC really didn't pick on Reeves as much as I thought they would, Joe. Yeah, because the last time the SGA played in the crypt against the Los Angeles Lakers, they went, like I talked about in the pregame, four straight possessions at Austin Reeves with SGA. Today, I think, like you said, it was all about help defense on SGA. When they left SGA out on an island, like for instance, Christian Wood destroyed him. Yeah. Went out on a on an island with Max Christie, destroyed him. Absolutely befuddled Max Christie. 100%. Yeah, but yet, but when uh, Austin was on him, and you got D'Lo coming over to help, that creates a lot of problems and a lot of different th- looks for them. They have to start hitting open shots, and when they're not hitting shots on the outside, it makes it much easier to guard SGA. Absolutely, Gerald. And not only that, it it's um it's kind of a ripple effect because if you look at if you just go inside the numbers here, okay, um, when you force SGA to get rid of the ball quickly, normally you have that secondary facilitator in Jalen Williams, who's like my favorite player, not a Laker. Um, but he when he is um. Let's just say he gets distracted or his eyeballs get big when he sees a defender he can kind of sink his teeth into. He kind of forgets that he's a really great facilitator, and that's and that's kind of hypnotic. So the Lakers were able to live with the fact that, okay, we'll take the ball out of SGA's hands, and if Jalen Williams ends up, ends up scorching us, so be it. But he didn't. He played a very good game drilled. But they were able to live with the fact that we will live and die with Jalen Williams or Chet Holmgren beating us rather than SGA. It's smart. You know, we have to give credit where credit is due. That was a smart strategy by every single player on that floor playing together and the coaching staff, including Darvin Ham. So it was a pretty, pretty good schematic effort. I again <sighs> Can't stand his drop coverage, drop coverage, drop coverage. You know, it's that Oprah meme and the the goofy meme. I'll do it again, but like it 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 worked tonight. And you live and you live and die with uh, with Anthony Davis. And Anthony was really able to kind of bait, kind of bait Chet Holmgren into just living living or dying by the three. Chet really couldn't establish himself inside either. So it, it's almost a ripple effect when you take the ball out of SGA SGA's hands quickly. And that's why I think, you know, like Braxton Reynolds, who 
was uh, a great guest for the the pregame was saying, you know, th that's one of the reasons why OKC re really needs a versatile four because there is just this huge ripple effect and it can really affect OKC's effectiveness as a team. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. It is Magic Man John Grice, John Costa from Lakers Corner. Meet Joe Glasser. Thanks so much for watching this. And the Lakers do win 112 to 105. Please join us after the show at 11 p.m. for the debut episode of Lakers Nightcap with Joe Soro as Joe breaks down his thoughts on the game. So he's uh, running a little late tonight. So he said, I need to go ahead and do my own thing at 11 p.m. if possible. And I said, go for it. We'll go ahead and schedule that out for you. But Intel Wild in the Super Chat, and thanks again, truly appreciate the Super Chat. Please know any Super Chat truly helps us out here at the Lakers Fast Break and is most most uh, greatly appreciated. It's probably the best way to say it. Anyone notice our three makes and attempts is eight out of 24. Mamba is watching from above. Rest in peace. <laughs> Absolutely. Although even Kobe would say 33%, eight of 24 is not going to get it done. But normally it doesn't, but it did today because, John, the Oklahoma City Thunder shot worse. 30%, 15 of 49. Get that. The, the attempts is 49 for OKC, 224 for the Lakers. Now, they still made seven more, but still, again, the number of what we saw to what we see as far as the Lakers do – Lakers are just reluctant to go ahead and chuck it up. I agree. They know they're a bad shooting team. So the, the reluctance to do so and do other things when they're in the game, they didn't need to go ahead and rely on the three. And I think that helps them that so much more because they know they're bad. Why not go ahead and do the things you do well, like transition and force that tempo up even more? Absolutely. And also put pack that paint. We know that Chet is he's big, he's long, but he's little body. He is a baby compared to Anthony Davis. And we've seen that early, early in the the game. Anthony Davis, he knew it in his heart. He said, This is a child on me. He can't guard me. Like um, uh, remember when Kyle Kuzma was on the team and he used to say barbecue chicken. He said, If you're gonna guard me, it's gonna be barbecue chicken. And that's what Anthony Davis was doing to Chet. I mean, in just in that first quarter y'all he had 12 points and eight rebounds by the end of the first quarter ended up finishing the game with 27 points and 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 uh and 12 rebounds the lakers scored 60 64 points in the paint and that's because anthony davis was just taking it was just taking it to chet in there because then again like that's that's the advantage that we had tonight we we, we anthony anthony davis his his height is probably same same right there as Chet, but Chet doesn't have all that muscle and he can't get to and he can't, you know, take it inside. So um, tonight we absolutely abused the paint. Like I mentioned, I had 64 points in there. And I think we just need to continue to do this. Play to play to our, you know, our intel, play to what works, uh, not, you know, not try to conform to the rest of the league. The rest of the league is a three point shooting league. And, you know, for some teams, it works. And for the teams that it works, go ahead and do it. But let's not just be a copycat league. Let's not be a copycat team just because this is a copycat league. Let's see what works and let's stick to it. And tonight and this season so far, it has been banging inside down low because unless it's Joe, uh, Joel Embiid or Jokic, I just don't know many bigs in this league that's going to stop Anthony Davis inside. You're either too little and, and yeah, you're either too little or you're too uh, or you're not fast enough. That's uh, the issue with guarding Anthony Davis. Sean, I want to get to a subject that's near and dear to your heart, where you went off on your own rant. And that is Rui Hashimura. As Zangerstein, who's in the chat, pointed out, 20 minutes, whopping 20 minutes, which is, again, last, less than half the game, 15 points. So 15 points in 20 minutes. I understand he's not the best defender in the world, but the fact is he might be able to rebound a little bit better than what we're seeing out there because at times it was really atrocious the way we could not get a defensive rebound. And the fact is, it just seems to be, what is he not doing enough right? You get these ideas. What is he saying to Darvin Ham or what is he doing to not get enough out there 
or to get more minutes out there? What is he doing wrong? What is he doing so ineptly that really gets him a limited amount of minutes out there on the floor tonight? So if you had to reduce it to two things and, you know, I, I happen to think it's a personality conflict. I just, I just don't think coach ham likes his game. That's, but that's just my opinion. Okay. I want to preface that Darvin ham hasn't said anything regarding his game. I, that's just what, kind of intuitively I think is what's going on Gerald that being said as far as like skill sets are concerned so two two things would worry you about Rui one is while he's like you said he's not like he's not like the most gifted defender in the world he's not the worst either he's all right he's all right he's passable for for most of the time that being said um positionally sometimes he's out of out of place or either out of focus that that's one thing tonight he had two blocks he was very active defensively drilled uh wasn't out of position uh secondarily outside of the positioning issue i would also say that at at times maybe Rui, um without the ball maybe he's not not running to spots where Darvin Ham wants him to go rather than more spots he's comfortable with. Now, in saying that, maybe you defer to guys like LeBron and Austin Reeves who are and D'Lo, who are your three cog facilitators to defer to them and say, you know what, coach, maybe you don't like where, where Rui's going, but we know where his sweet spots are. And you know what? If he's making shots, he's making shots. Um, I, I think that's what, what the main issue was last game, Gerald, against Utah. Even though we were we were kind of playing playing underwater, Rui was cooking with peanut oil. He was in his in rhythm. He's he's knocking down his mid-range shots, playing well without the without the ball. But Coach Ham decided to sit him and put in Skylar Mays tonight. Uh, he let him play, Gerald. At one point, Rui only had five five points, I believe, in in twelve minutes. So he he managed to he managed to score another ten in eight, which is a plus, you know. So it's strange from game to game what what you're gonna get. But if I had to kind of reduce it to those two pro issues, it would likely be positioning and you know, not going to spots on the floor that is designed within the offense rather than, you know, Rui sweet spots. Yeah, Sean, uh, the average, I'm looking at the NBA stats right now, and the average uh, seems to be right around 10.7, 10.8 a game, uh, offensive rebounds per game. Uh, tonight, um, Oklahoma City had 13, and that would be just under Atlanta's top, who's the top leading Offensive rebound team. Offensive well, rebound I, I think, yeah, Gerald. I think to Johnny's point, though. I mean, you you give up that that many offensive boards. I mean, in a regular season, that's one thing. In a playoff game, the difference between you know plus five or minus three on the offensive boards could be the difference between being being tied two two in a series and being down three one. So well, I, just to I, let you know, the Lakers are last in offensive rebounds at yeah, 8.4 a game. Exactly, and that's, I think that's why John was was kind of hinting at, you got to correct that problem. you got to correct it yesterday, not today. And, you know, having... To give you like, an idea, they averaged 11 and a well, half I'm, last year. And, 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 Gerald, I know people were kind of, um, kind of um, trashing somebody like Daniel Tice, but... Daniel Tice is a big body that can is a ferocious rebounder, and you know, grabbing somebody like a Clint Capella beside Anthony Davis, man, you're talking about a guy that can really clean up the paint. I mean, if there's one thing, two things, Clint Capella is really good at it's setting a hard screen, and it's clearing the paint, um, and. The Lakers desperate, as to John's point, the Lakers desperately need to address that because you can't, you're not going to, rebounds win championships. How many times do we got to say this? The the, the the Godfather has, has spoken. 
Rebounds win championships. And if you're last in offensive rebounding, you're not winning. You know what? Let me ask you this, Magic Man. Can I have you look up while I go ahead and ask uh, John the next question? Uh, Alan saying, Sean, which lineups gives us the most rebound? Which is our best rebounding lineups? He's going to look that up now for you, yeah, Alan. I'll check uh, cleaning. Okay, cleaning the glass. Okay. You got it. Uh, John, let me ask you this. When it comes right down to it, what do the Lakers need to do now? Take this momentum and build it forward because obviously this is just one game. They are back in 10th place in the Western Conference, but they're still nine games out of first. They still have so much more room left to go. They're at the halfway point right now at the season, 41 games in, 20 and 21. But still, there's there's a whole half season to go. They cannot be 20 and 21 on the back end of the season and think they can get away with it. They need to start playing better, more consistently. They still have three home games left on the slate against Dallas, Brooklyn, and Portland. But it has to start now, my friend, and it has to start right away. So I'm going to be brutally, brutally honest because really. You know, Oh, yeah. go ahead, blatantly lie. That's okay. <laughs> because you, you know, you you said you you told me like what do, what do we got to do, and I think that realistically, the goal every year should be win a championship, and like especially for a team teams as such good as the Lakers, it should be raised banner number eighteen. But I'm gonna be honest, at this point, like I, we're just not good enough. Like like w- w- with the current roster we have constructed, with the coach, with everything that we got going on, like we are just we can even our highest potential it is not enough to be able to beat um, a top tier team like the nuggets in the seven game series wouldn't be enough to beat the celtics in the seven game series i've struggled to believe that it even beat if we beat the 76ers in the seven game series and this is me just being honest and trust me i'm one of the biggest lakers fan i love wearing my purple and gold glasses but i'm just being real and i know that um as of right now current currently constructed we just aren't we aren't good enough. So that begs like the question of like, what, what do we need to be good enough? Uh, there's a list of problems and, you know, back up big and a good point guard and um, a, a solid third consistent score. Um, the, you know, the list runs down, but I think that for us to be able to get to that championship, because I, I don't, just because we're not good enough right now, I don't want to roll over and say, Oh, well, let's just accept mediocrity. Cause that's not what we do here around Lakers nation. What what I want is for a move, you know, for or for something to be ha- for something to happen uh, on top of a move and something to be happening. And that's more of like Rob Palenka and Lakers front office to figure that out. But what I also want is I want Darvin Ham to realize some of these changes that um, that he needs. He, you know, he needs to he, he fails to see until a player's injured. And then we're like, oh, man. What are we gonna do now? And then you just you you try the option that so many people here at you know the Lakers fast break have been saying so many times like try this, try this, try that, try this, and he's just been so stubborn and just so hard headed to not do it. So, you know, not surprisingly that he coach he comes from the Coach Bud tree line because he was a Coach Bud. Um, he was assistant to Coach Bud in in, in Milwaukee. Exactly, yeah. he was he's a coach Coach Bud disciple and. Coach Bud was also, you know, very stubborn and hard-headed about that drop coverage that he ran around like 2019-2020 with uh, Brooke Lopez that really almost got him fired. But that's not really the point. The point is that Darvin Ham needs to realize um, these minute rotations, they have to switch up. And earlier, Sean, you said a great point. You talked about uh, Rui, when you were talking about Rui and, you know, why he doesn't really get the minutes that um, that he deserves. And you said that you think it's just like a, a personality type thing. It's just a, a personality conflict. And I'll be real with you, brother. Like there's no other reason on this earth that it would be anything else besides that. Because when you look at numbers wise, if you're watching the film, if you're, if you just know the game of basketball and you say, okay, well th- this isn't going right. What else can we do? That is the only logical reason and the only logical like result or only out- logical outcome. And for Darvin Ham to be so, like against it so stubborn so hard-headed to it i think it absolutely has to be a um a, a personality issue or a personality conflict and shout out adam and z because you know they talk about this in the in, in the chat they said taking away minutes from uh from ruby and wood just for torian prince to get 32 minutes they, they said that 
Um, uh, Prince right now is averaging 32 minutes in Naya. That is ridiculous, guys. But overall, I mean, I think that there's, there's a lot that needs to happen. There's a list of things that need to happen. But I think if we're just going to talk about the present day and what we currently have constructed, I think Darvin Ham needs to understand, like, all right, cool. Here are some of these changes. Maybe not playing Torian Prince 32 minutes. Maybe not um, – Maybe not playing, you know, Cam Reddish, uh, even even if he has a donut. Let me not go play him another 30, 34 minutes the next night. Let me be able to, you know, um, blend these minutes in. Uh, so, so yeah, so that that's how I'm feeling. Um, but we got to get it done, though. As of right now, I'll be honest, we're just we're just not good enough. Just as even if I dream, even when I close my eyes and dream, we're not good enough. When you close your eyes. <laughs> Do you dream, dream about LeBron? He calls your... No, sorry. <laughs> I like old, that. Yeah. Old, old song. But Magic Man, you seem unimpressed, but did you have the answer on which the, is the best rebounding team for Allen on that one? So LeBron... Thanks, Allen. Le- LeBron, Wood, AD, Rui, and then a guard, either D'Lo or Austin. That's your best rebounding group. Okay. But because he was uh, betting on Prince being the one. No, definitely not. I mean, um, Prince's Prince's. Shoot, I I I had it right there. I think Prince is giving up the second the second most offensive rebounding opportunities on the Lakers right now. Oh, how nice! (laughs) I'm not. I I think uh, I think Reeves was number one, but Prince is number two, and. like again, Gerald. Why is he getting more of this? Like, I'm not. We're not dogging on Torian Prince anymore. Okay, I'm not dogging on. I'm not dogging on him. But still, like it. We know the scouting report. Don't play him more than thirty minutes. Like twenty five, twenty eight, or Z, what Z was saying, eighteen to twenty five. Like that's his wheelhouse. He's pretty effective. Shoot the three. He's comfortable, comfortable within the flow of the game. Any more than thirty minutes drilled, those legs go from you know uh, a thoroughbred to like Jello, like real quick. He's got the Jello legs after about thirty minutes, and that's why he's giving up a lot of offensive rebounds, Gerald, because there's no lift. He's running around like a chicken with his head cut off, and. We we know what this you've said it before, Gerald. This isn't the Torian Prince that the Atlanta Hawks drafted. And it's definitely not the Torian Prince that the Brooklyn Nets had. It's a different Torian Prince. He can't be he can't be allocated that many minutes. He's just not an effective player after a certain amount of time. And even and Darvin Ham knows this too, Gerald. The coaching staff knows this because every day the, the scouting team and our stat team give him all the notes and the data that he needs. So he sees it himself. He just refuses to follow the structure of who Torian Prince is as a player. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. <sighs> Wait do you hear this, John. All right. Who was the leader in minutes tonight, do you think? And you're, you're on mute. Leader in minutes. Yeah, who played the most? Don't look. Don't look at the box score. Um, I'd say, I'd say, Anthony Davis. Wrong. It's close, but no. Oh man, don't tell me. Don't tell me his goat. Yep. Don't tell me his goat. Yeah. <sighs> yep. Oldest player on the team. He usually, his age he usually plays the minutes of his age. He usually yeah. averages around thirty-nine minutes. 
played 39 minutes tonight. Uh, gave you what you needed, though. 12 of 20. He kind of got off to a little bit of a slow start, uh, to be honest with you, but uh, made up for it, especially in that late run in the third quarter. Looked really good there. Again, transition is a key, John, but 39 minutes, 39 years old, you know, and he didn't really stand out on defense, you know, because Rodell says we, you know, we give LeBron too many pats on the back, but 39 minutes from your 39 year old and you got 25 points, 25, 77 solid day at the office. Again, could have popped out better on defense, but then again, the, you know, on a day where it's a make or miss league, they missed quite a bit. And a lot of it has to be on them, but your thoughts on LeBron playing 39 minutes at 39 years of age. I'm very happy about the win. Like how Sean said, a win is a win. And especially when you're struggling like this for this Lakers team, We'll always take a win, but come on, man. Regular season, 39-year-old LeBron James playing about 39 minutes. And we had a we know we had a fight for this. We had a really, really fight for this. And I feel like this was in at least in my opinion, this was the reason that we brought in players like D'Angelo Russell. This was the reason that we brought in ball dominant players so that they can, you know, late game situations or even let's say early game situations so that you per- preserve LeBron so that he can be there for late later game situations. You can run a pick and roll with the point guard in 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 this uh instance per se it'd be D'Lo and Anthony Davis. You can, you know, run that pick and roll, but I mean <laughs> he did okay today on defense. He did okay. He, he did, he did, he did, but there were some times where he didn't challenge and that led to attempts from the outside of the arc. But you know, that's what you're going to get from a 39 year old player playing 39 year, uh, 39 minutes and asking him to do a lot for the off uh, on the offense. It's just, it's just is what it is. And unfortunately, people out there, some of them cannot accept the fact that they want LeBron to be the same old player he was 10 years ago. It's just not working out that way. The Lakers, though, did manage to go ahead and get the best and most out of LeBron tonight, and I don't think we could have asked much more. Yeah, I mean, honestly, this is you know this is what I'll say. I'll say that um, we're in we're in a tough spot because you know clearly without LeBron James, his thirty nine minutes and his twenty five points, seven rebounds, six assists, we wouldn't have got this win. But you know where we don't have the leeway where we can allow LeBron to rest and allow LeBron to get his games off and get ready for playoffs because we absolutely need LeBron to make to to get some wins so that we can even make playoffs. So honestly, I've said this a lot of times, and I feel like this this really describes the Lakers season. But right now, we're stuck between a rock and a hard place. Like we just don't have many options of where to go with coaching situation. We don't have many options of where to go with as far as these trade situations. We don't have many options with as far as where to go with, do we give LeBron less minutes? But if we give LeBron less minutes, we're going to lose more Then we're not even going to be in a playoff situation. So stuck between a rock and a hard place would be the perfect analogy for this season. I'm not going to lie. Once again, it is the Lakers winning 112 to 105. They are now back in 10th place in the Western conference playoff chase at 20 and 21. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow. Alfred Esmond has asked for some more time and maybe as well, I might be able to get Jamie Sweet on for an extra conversation as well. But Magic Man, you have been so awesome on the pregame with me and Braxton Reynolds for an hour and a half. Then you're on playback, heading and spearing up our playback coverage on our simulcast. And then last but not least, here with our good friend, Mr. John Costa right there below. You did it all, my friend. You deserve big props. Any last thoughts from you? And then we'll get to John before we head on out, my friend. Gerald said it before the game. Said it during the game. I'll say it again. I agree 100% with uh, my good friend, John. A win's a win. Let's just stick it in a can and uh, move on to the next one because we needed this one. It was a QC win. Uh, I'll also leave everybody with this, Gerald. I'm hoping, use that word again, I'm hoping that this was kind of a flashpoint game for for Jared. This was his best game he played all year. Only played 17 minutes, 
five points, man. That's five double points. his season average. Hey, he played he played a strong game in transition on both ends. Got his got his button gear when he need to coming back. Got his hands on the lot of balls drilled. Uh basketballs. Um <laughs> Uh yeah, I caught myself. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um spirited effort defensively. Like he played within the within the flow of the offense. Like he was moving without the ball too drilled. Like he wasn't standing around in the corner with his hands at his sides, like at times he he is. I almost think that Gerald, you need to find a way to um stagger. Vando and Reddish. If you're gonna if you're gonna kind of play them, and you're gonna start one of them, unfortunately, I think is where Ham might go again. Although I don't think so. But if you're gonna play them off the bench together, it has to be staggered because you saw it tonight that the offense really didn't stick in mud so much. So I I think if you can find a blend where you have you know an even amount or an odd amount. Uh, facilitators on the floor with us with at least a couple scores, you can mitigate the lack of efficiency that both guys have. That's true. Um, Search is saying I got arrested earlier tonight, and I said I said to him, "If I got arrested, what am I doing here?" Or is it AI? You know, AI is very popular at CES. This could maybe not be me. This could be AI. Gerald, if you did have that one phone call, who would it be to? <sighs> That's a good question. It is a good John, I, I love you, brother, but you're in Toronto. I don't know how much you can help me out there. <laughs> I couldn't. No. I couldn't. I'd, 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 um, I'd wire you money through uh, okay. the union. I, I'd Gerald, probably but... say, you know what? I'd probably say it'd be Joe. Because I tell him auto and cell block D wants his wants his stuff back. So, uh, John, what are your last thoughts here, my friend, before we head on out? And by the way, again, you will see Joe Sorrell here in just a few minutes uh, on his nightcap show coming up here, real quick. Last thoughts, um, me and Sean. You know, I feel like we've been saying it back and forth throughout the show. Win is a win. We'll take it at this point. Just want to. I want to take anything that I can at this point, anything that will add to the win column, anything will bring us closer to hopefully making the play offs and not having to fight all the way through the play in again, because I just think that that's going to have so much wear and tear on 39 year old goat. And we know Anthony Davis and we don't want to put him through any more than, than that we're already going to put him through. So a win is a win. I'll take it. Um, would love, would love for team our our team to really make some um, adjustments based on this game, mainly rotation based. Uh, let's hope that Rui Rui's going to be getting more minutes. Let's hope that the you know whenever Cam does come back, we don't just we don't go back to thirty four minutes of Cam Reddish and thirty four minutes of of Torian Prince again because man oh man that just will not work. But at the end of the day, win is a win. I'm happy to get it. Um, and at this point. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just looking forward to the next game. Can't get, can't get too high. Can't get too low. And if, um, and if Gerald or magic man went to jail, I got both you guys. Magic man. I got some people in Toronto. I'll just make a couple of calls, get you out in a little bit. And Gerald, I'll just make a quick drive to Vegas. <laughs> there you go. Absolutely. My gosh, Vegas is people talk about us, the wedding and the gambling capital of the world. It's the bail bonds capital of the world. Yeah, My God. And, you go and, downtown, every other is okay. It's got pawn shop, wedding chapel, bail bonds right after each other, and then it repeats. And Reads, repeat. And Rinse, it, repeat. And it bears just letting everybody know do not get arrested on a Friday afternoon because what happens is everybody goes home at around like three o'clock and they don't keep you in holding on a Friday. You actually got to go to real jail for the weekend. (laughs) Yikes. So now, you know, when not to get arrested indeed, 
please be like Intel Wild. Please smash that like button before we head on out. I it really helps us out. It really helps us out not only for this show, but please like Joe's Nightcap show coming up here in a minute. It is the Magic Man Sean Grice. It is John Costa from Lakers Corner. What's coming up at Lakers Corner, my friend? Before we head on out, continuous Lakers content uh, about uh, after games. You know, I do some recaps, uh, bring on different guests, just talk about all things Lakers. So you guys can check that out on YouTube. Just add Lakers Corner, and I got another page that's that is a, a podcast and a YouTube channel called Clutch Talk. That's bringing you all NBA news. Um, but I had to I had to make that Lakers corner page just because I got too much of that purple and gold in me, and sometimes I gotta just let it out without uh, my other my other fan base is feeling like, oh man, is this guy just a, a Lakers stand? Sometimes I am, so that's why I built Lakers corner and Clutch Talk is just for all things NBA. But appreciate you guys as always. Love this platform. Truly appreciate having you here. Truly appreciate Magic Man the incredible job that you did today. You deserve a pad the back, an ice cold beer, ice cold brewski, my friend, right there in Toronto. Kick back, enjoy, because yes, Search has said it best. Darth Soro is the Death Star approaches. Darth Soro is now coming at us here in less than ten minutes. Please stay tuned for the premiere, the Lakers nightcap with Joe Soro. That's coming up next. God help us all, and that's all I'll say. Once again, it is the Lakers Fast Break. Please like and subscribe. Please like and subscribe to get the latest notifications on when we go live. Of course, as always, with us right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.